right, y'all. We back. Hey. Yeah, yeah. It is Judith and Tori here. And um, this is episode 43. My God, we are in this thing. We are really are. That's yep. 43 weeks of episodes. Woo! My Lord. And if you if you don't know, if you're new to this, this is Tinseltown Tea, where uh, myself and my co-host, the beautiful, lovely Corey, we uh, go on a journey here as we are on our way to the writer's room, amen, and um, getting our stuff written. And what we do is basically uh, try and inform the people about the resources, any hot topics, relating to screenwriting and anything dealing in the um, entertainment industry. But of course, we focus on the black chick. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's how we feel. We felt like that since day one. So you're welcome. And also welcome to this journey. Okay. So we usually start off the show with a would you rather, just a way to break the ice and have a little fun. So, um, I am in charge of that today. So, Corey, would you rather use a fork, no spoon, or only be able to use a fork, no spoon? Yeah. So, a fork, no spoon, or a spoon, no fork. So, you can only basically use a fork, or you can only basically use a spoon. Yes. Ooh. Um. So, I love my forks. Yeah. But I would have to do, but there's just something you just cannot eat with a fork. Like, you can't eat cereal with a fork. And a bitch eats cereal all the time. Like, you can't eat soup with a fork. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do the spoon. Because at least with a spoon, you can eat majority of, of teams. Yeah. This might be a little difficult, but it's going to get in your mouth. And that's all I need to know is that it's going to get in my mouth. Okay. Without me having to slurp and sip and all that. All that foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely on spoon, y'all. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm gonna go with the fork, no spoon. Um, just because I, I feel like I do that anyway. I be using the side of the fork as a knife to cut and stuff. Oh. And I just be like, I be like, why, why even get a little knife? Why, why did I even purchase that? Um, and then for like the stuff, I would just blow on it really hard, and if it's in a bowl, just put it up to my mouth like such and just shovel it in there. <laughs> Dang. Okay, I'm scared of you, child. Because my ass is too damn clumsy. It'll end up all in my clothes. Yes, yes. And I, too, am very clumsy, and I will be feeding my clothes as well. Um, <laughs> it will not be a problem. So, yeah, but you know, I just ridiculous so yeah so um yeah that is that with our icebreaker now we go to the no better do better and of course my girl boy got that okay girl yes so for no better do better my little tip is if you are saying that you're a writer which everyone should be saying they're a writer no aspiring writers around here but if you are saying that you're a writer and you're out there telling folks and networking you should always have multiple good scripts written to show that you're a writer because you never know. You might tell it to an executive or um, if you don't want to be in like in a writer's room or you just want to have your shit made yourself, you might tell it to somebody who can help you. And if you ain't got no scripts or you have one script, let's say you, everybody at least got one script, I think, if you want to be a writer. That's not always true because it's hard to finish the script. I ain't gonna lie. Um... So if you got one script and you're telling somebody, oh, okay, I'm a writer, and they ask for the script, and then what if they're if it's good, they're usually going to be like, okay, what else do you have? And that's where most people get stuck. So I've heard a lot of people in the industry give that advice, saying that if you are going to be around networking and just telling people that you're a writer, have two to three scripts ready to show for it. Because if someone likes your work, they're going to want to see more. And if you don't have anything else to show for it, you don't lost your opportunity, child. And it's just go with the wind, child. And you don't want it. So just uh, stay ready. Be ready. And uh, just get ready for where, was it? Preparation meets opportunity or opportunity meets preparation. Whatever that yeah. phrase is, just yeah. be ready, boo. Yep. That's it. On period. Um, and that, that's a word, truly. Uh 
And yeah, it's real. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we have to. And again, you can't call yourself a writer and just have one poem ready to go. Talking about, I'm a script writer. Like, nope, that's. You gotta be out here with these crews. And you gotta be. That's not how it works. I wish it did. Um, I, wish. I wish it did. Um, but still, I mean, also make sure you have different types of writing too, because I've also heard. Some people, they like short stories. They also like, you know what I mean? Like, make sure you have all the scripts. But if you can also give them variety so that they don't have to read the whole thing, then you might mm -hmm. have a chance to uh, really get their attention that way. So not just yep. scripts, but I mean, focus. If you want to be a script writer, make sure you focus. Make sure your shit is good. But, you know, it's good to, like, practice different forms of writing and also to, like, exercise to, like, uh, exercise your creativity. So never know with different forms. So let's get into it. The news, which we have actually a lot of a lot of good news, especially since um, you know the first piece of news. You know, we heard a lot about reboots. It's all the rage with all the kids in Hollywood and their execs. So Clueless series reboot um, focused on Dion lands at Peacock. So. Um, it was going to be a drama, but it's going to be a comedy. And just so you know, this is, I'm reading this straight off of uh, Shadow and Act. So it lands at Peacock. And when the, the series was first announced to be in development last October, it didn't have a network officially attached to it. Um, though the CW and other streaming services were said to be in the running, but now we know it's officially at Peacock and they changed the genre. So the genre of the series- Thank that, God. I know, girl. Uh, originally it said it was going to be like a mystery drama take uh, for the first time, mm -hmm. but now they're going to a mystery comedy take instead, which I think is a much better fit for Clueless. Like, yeah, joy. That's a, um, like Clueless is supposed to bring joy. It's not be bringing all that drama. Yeah. Unless it's like funny drama. Right. And you know what? I think I, I could be wrong. This is my theory, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, but because I guess the CW tends to lean towards dramatic things, particularly with YA. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's why, if it was in the running for CW, they were trying to keep it like, ooh, like a mystery drama. But yeah. now that it's at Peacock, and I know, you know, you know, NBC has a lot of dramas, but I know NBC, a lot of NBC comedies that really hit. So the idea to kind of switch it to that might have something to do with the network that it's at. So. Yeah, girl. So uh, watch out for that. That is still in development. Of course, it's going to focus on a black lead, which was Dion in the um, the movie. So check out for that. Next, yes. next, next, next. Idris Fine Ass Elba to star in the produced spy romantic thriller for Apple, written by Trayvon Free. Yay, Trayvon Free, black man writing. Mm, mm. So Idris. Yes, Trayvon. Um, Idris Elba will produce and star in a new film project with uh, Apple TV. According to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, excuse me, reporter, not recorder, forgive me. <laughs> the film will be a romantic spy thriller with the script uh, by The Daily Show's Trayvon Free. Uh, no other details have been given, but uh, the project's uh, plot. And so uh, Elba has a lot of projects on his plate, including The Suicide Squad and the uh, long gas, gas dating, okay, words, uh, loser film. So uh, Elba they, uh, gave an update later on in July saying that while there's still no formal plan, we are this close to making the Luther film. So for those of you who don't know, Luther was a series, I believe it was on the BBC, um, and you can catch it on Netflix right now. But it's actually really good. I had to stop watching it because, I, you know, a girl was a little disturbed, but that's what the thrillers do to me. But it was still very good, and I could see why it was so popular. Great writing. Idris did a great job. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in this um, project with uh, Trayvon Free Plus. We've been talking about... Um, Idris being Bond, so why not have your mm. own spy romance? Like, let's make this a series. Like, let's let's make all of our, you know, thirsty bitches' dreams come true, please. Like, yes, include myself. Please, please, please. So, yes. Woo. Yes. So, congrats again to Trayvon and Idris Elba. Look out for that. All right. Next up. Um, in the works, we have Mahalia 
uh, Jill Scott to star in the biopic from Queen Latifah and Jamie Foxx. So uh, Mahalia Jackson, if you don't know, she was a legendary gospel singer. And mm -hmm. there are several projects in the work right now for it. Um, reading straight off of Shadow and Act. So this is on the heels of the recent announcement that Danielle Brooks would star in the Mahalia Jackson um, project, which is a lifetime television movie. Um, the theatrical film version of that is um, uh, the um, Mahalia with Jill Scott. So it's two different projects. One's going to Lifetime and one will be coming out um, in theaters, to my understanding. Now, of course, it's COVID, so yep. anything can happen distribution-wise. Now, for this project, Mahalia, Jill Scott, she will star as Mahalia Jackson, as we said earlier. And Queen Latifah and Jamie Foxx are producing. Way to go. Come on. Uh, Latifah's Damn. partner, Shaquem Compere, forgive me, sir, and um, the Clark sisters, the first ladies of gospel, executive producer, Holly Carter, will also executive, uh, will also EP. So Latifah also produced the Clark sisters, if you didn't know, and that was a massive hit. And that went to, I believe that was on oh, Lifetime as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So um, this, uh, the Mahalia Jackson uh, project, uh, it is written by Richard Hocutt, uh, Mark Gold, and Tisha Woodgett, based on the novel Mahalia Jackson by Darlene Donlow. So unlike the Lifetime Project, uh, as Deadline reported in their exclusive story development, Mahalia has the rights to Jackson's entire musical catalog. So that makes a big difference in terms of like the authenticity of what we're going to hear and also the direction that they will take. Um, maybe they'll take clearly maybe more of a, a musical direction. I don't know if it'll be a musical per se, but you know, we'll see how things develop. Um, and I think it's really smart, particularly with Queen Latifah and Jamie Foxx producing it um, to have the rights as they've had, you know, very successful careers in music anyway. So honestly, I'm gonna see all the versions of this. So uh, whether it's Mahalia, Danielle Brooks as Mahalia or Jill Scott as Mahalia, uh, honor the queen, honor the god, uh, that is Mahalia Jackson. And yeah, this is, this is super dope. I can't wait to see, honestly, I'm curious where it's gonna be distributed. So- um, Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got so, some good people behind it. Yeah, and Jill Scott can sign. So yes, I can. Oh, <laughs> so I really cannot wait. And so can Danielle Brooks. Like she's her, yeah. her voice is is really good, particularly on Broadway. She was in um, uh, one of, yes, and she she sang the house down. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I think they did a good job of casting, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. All right, so next in the news, uh, Bad Hair, um, the teaser of the horror satire from Dear White People creator Justin Simeon debuts on Hulu in October. While I am so afraid of all the scary movies, I'm so looking forward to this because the concept is like, I feel like so bomb. So ahead of its October premiere, Hulu has released the first trailer of Justin Simeon's horror satire, Bad Hair. So check it out. You can find it, I'm sure, on YouTube. Um, it will premiere on October 23rd as a part of the streaming service. Halloween-themed original content branded Huluween. <laughs> I see what you did there. The official description of the film is in this horror satire set in 1989 an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to succeed in the image obsessed world of music television however her flourishing career may come to a great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of its own the film stars ellie uh, lorraine Vanessa L. Williams, Jay Farrow, Lena Waithe, Shante Adams, Blair Underwood, Laverne Cox, James Vanderbeek, Kelly Rowland, and more. So this is a heavy-handed cast. We've got some heavy hitters. Um, the film is inspired by Korean horror films, which frequently use hair as a horror device. Bad Hair is about a woman, again, she, this is going to be in um, Los Angeles, and right when the New Jack Swing is making black music popular for the first time. So it's gonna be a really fun era to see this horror in. And I think that's a perfect genre because that's when, you know, I mean, that's when like perms and straightening your hair, that was like super, super in and weave. So um, I'm really excited for it. And I'm excited because I have not seen it a horror kind of 
going into like black women's experience with their hair, which many of us have a whole, I know I have a horror story style with that term um, burning that scalp, like for real, like my God, that the weave just too tight and your edges are gone. You over here putting a goddamn um, burial ceremony for the, for the baby hairs you used to have, you know? So yeah, I think it's, it's like super genius and um, way to kind of, take a spin on the, particularly the Korean genre of how they're doing um, horror films. So well done. I think it looks That's cool. cool. Yeah. And it's good that I think it's also good that it's going to be on um, Hulu because, you know, the quarantine got them theaters locked up, Chad. So mm-hmm. just go ahead and get that, get that subscription, share it with your family, all that stuff. Right next up, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, so busy, to start in Netflix adaptation of Femi Badu. Baduba's science film novel, The Upper World. So forgive me, Femi, for messing up your last name, sir. Um, You're going to be great regardless of my foolishness. So ahead of his role as Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, that's going to be so good. I can't wait. Daniel Kaluuya has been booked, uh, has booked, excuse me, a Netflix film that he will also produce. Okay, come on, producers. I see you, Daniel. Uh, The actor will uh, top line an adaptation of Femi Baduba's upcoming science uh, sci-fi novel, The Upper World. Uh, as his debut novel and the first one in the planned series, it's it'll be released in the UK in 2021, come on, and in the US in early 2020, 2022. Yes, woo, these years, child. Uh, no word on the timeline for the film. So the description, um, hmm. Iso is caught in a deadly feud and on the verge of explosion when he realizes he has an unexpected gift access to a world where he can see glimpses of the past and the future. A mm. generation away from Rena is walking a football practice, is walking to football practice in 2035, unaware that the mysterious stranger she's about to meet desperately needs her help to avert a bullet fired 15 years ago. Wow, that's super, super interesting. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Upper World. I want to. I want to know if it's uh, considered Afro uh, sci-fi or Afrofuturism. I wonder what the term is there. But mm. I googled that. But I know uh, he has a very African name. The um, the 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 author who wrote the, the sci-fi novel. Wondering if it takes place um, on the can- on the continent. So that would be dope. So yeah. Um, and I'm also yeah. Go ahead, Daniel, with your producer credit in all the movies. Yes. Now he a writer, producer, and actor. Well, get all the checks. Get all of them. Make sure it's signed, sealed, delivered, and put in your account, child. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, okay? (laughs) Trying to get there. So, yeah. So, um, that's the news this week. Again, we got most of these from Shadow and Acts. And, yeah, I'm really actually looking forward to a lot of the projects that are coming through. I think it's, like, super dope that we're seeing more or seemingly you know, we're going to hold people accountable. Seemingly seeing more representation um, in Black spaces and as well as, like, throughout the diaspora. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And with this episode, we're going to see, uh, we're going to um, represent throughout the diaspora as well with people's work. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that next. Moving into main segment, we're going to be doing a movie review. As you guys know, sometimes we review movies just because it's important as writers or people who want to make films to analyze other films. And you can't watch for enjoyment. But if this is something you want to do for real, for real, um, after a while, you'll stop watching shit for enjoyment and you'll start analyzing everything that you watch. So um, that's why we kind of review projects from the diaspora Mm -hmm. um that we see come out and we just want to let y'all know what they're about and encourage you guys to watch them as well and show your support so today we're going to be reviewing seriously single it's a south african film i think it's a netflix original i think it's a netflix original let me know it isn't okay so it is a netflix original (laughs) came out on july 31st and it was directed by who? Oh, Lord forgive me, Catliho Rama Fakila and Retabile Rama Fakila. 
which is a brother and sister duo, which I think is so cool. Hello. So cool. Um, it was risen, risen, written by Lawazi Mabusi, and it stars Fulu Mugavani, Tumi Marake, who was hilarious, and Bohang Moeko. So the logline is, while her free-living bestie urges her to embrace singlehood, a commitment-craving social media expert can't stop following the life of former love. So it is very rom-commy, just off the dome. So if you are into rom-commies, definitely take a look. Even if you're not into rom-commies, expand your, your vocabulary and, and try something different. Um, it's not going to kill you. Um, yeah, so I love a good little rom-com, especially when it has black folks, because as we know, rom-coms, um, are usually with white folks. That's kind of the history of rom-coms. They act like black people can't be in love. So it's exciting to see a rom-com of this caliber. It was very well done, I think. Um, that's Ernie, y'all. So cute. He said, I agree. Um, so it's nice to see like a Netflix rom-com that has black folks in it because I just love seeing black folks yep. in love or not in love in yeah. this case in this movie. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, not being in love, which was nice. So just starting off, well, let's start off with um, overall thoughts of the movie. I can start with there. Um, like I said, it was very rom-com-y. So I expected nothing less. I think it followed the plot of a rom-com really well. But what I did, hey, Ernie. So what I, what I enjoyed was that usually in the rom-coms, they fall in love with whoever the fuck, right? right. Whoever the fuck their, their flame is. But in this one, the flame was herself. So she ended up falling in love with herself, which I think is a good message, especially now. Um, so I liked that kind of twist on a rom-com. It's like, sometimes you don't got to be falling in love with somebody else. You got to fall in love with yourself, bitch. Mm-hmm. Because you can't love anybody until you love yourself. And that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But um, I liked that that was what they were, they were letting us know on that. So I thought that was a good message overall. Um, it, I thought it was funny. There were times where I literally laughed out loud. And if it, I mean, I don't laugh out loud that much at stuff. Because it's like, I watch so much stuff. It takes a lot for me to be like, ah! <laughs> but there were scenes in this movie where I was there like, ah! like, and I was not expecting it. Um, yeah. And I think that's in part to the chemistry of the two leads. Yes. So the two best friends. And then non- so Tumi Maraki, who plays Nani, which is a crazy best friend, she was hilarious. Just oh, natural, naturally talented. Even seeing that she was acting child, like, she was so funny just a gifted comedian so she really um kind of brought the funny to the movie and she did her thing um so yeah that's my overall thoughts i enjoyed it i mean as far as rom-coms are are whatever i mean i i enjoyed it as a rom-com looking at it from a rom-com lens um i thought it was it was heartfelt and it did what it was supposed to do it made me feel you know all nice and and giddy but more so about, it also made me uh, feel like some self-love going on. So I really, I enjoyed it. It was a good ride. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I liked it overall. It was a fun watch, like, especially with everything that's going on. It's like, it, it's good to like yeah. get a nice rom-com to kind of like chill and not like so crazy, but still funny. Um, again, yeah, my favorite yeah. character was Nani. Um, played by Tumi, she did. She was so so funny, and her comedic timing, well done. Like you get, like she was. Oh my god! She yeah. really brought out a lot of the uh, the dialogue in a great way, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I really liked it. Um, actually, and I again, I, the main character who is a uh, uh, Dina. Dina is that how we say it, right? Deneo. Deneo, forgive me. So Deneo, um, I really loved again. Like at the end, like again spoiler alerts guys but you know i really love at the end like this was this obsession with this guy and to be in a relationship and in the end she was like oh no actually like i just need to be by myself and like it wasn't like this like self-loathing i just need to be by myself it was like you know what i need to embrace loving me and like kind of be embracing yeah. this kind of like oh yes it's like yeah that looks good this shit fun yeah like that should be allowed and okay also i really love the fact that um know me you know being a plus size like character a lot of times they want them to like not find love or like even though she was a comedic character like in the end she actually 
found love. And it wasn't, yeah. that wasn't the butt of the joke, right? It was just yeah. a person finding love. And so the butt of the joke was that she didn't want, like she was so against yes. being in relationships and she yeah. found a relationship. So yeah, right. I right. agree with that. Great point. Love they did that. Yeah. So important. So overall, it's fun. There are little moments that I think were a little like over dramatic, but they did a good job of building that up so that the ending felt satisfying to me. Because mm-hmm. um, while I was watching that, I was like, "Really? This is what we doing? Okay, all right." But then, like when the when it came to the end, I was like, "Okay, I see what you did there. Well done. I agree." Yes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of like overdramatic, I could definitely see that. But I grew up watching, so my mom's Filipino, so I grew up watching Filipino movies. And oh, it just seems yeah. like, and I also used to watch like telenovelas with other people yeah. that were like Hispanic. So it just seems like in international, Bernie, get out of the camera. So it seems like in international um, like productions, they're just always more dramatic than us. Yeah. Like we be dramatic, but. It's like they just be dramatic and it's just a, a fabric. It's like it doesn't matter what country I'm watching it from. Yeah. It's just everyone's more dramatic than us, which is crazy. Yeah. But I can see how you would be like, oh my God, it was so dramatic. I guess I'm just used to it now. Yeah. But I can see the parts that you're thinking about. I was like, okay, girl, you didn't know. Right. Um, so yeah, overall thoughts. We enjoyed mm-hmm. characters. Let's get into that. So loved. Loved. I mean, I at first Danao was crazy as hell. She was yes. a psychopath to me. I was like, girl. She was acting so crazy to the point where me and my sister were like, is this a scary movie? Girl, we were like, are you gonna because stop we, this man? Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. We literally she was on some fatal attraction shit and we thought it was a scary movie. We had to go back and like, okay, it's it's classified as rom com. So um she I went back to the description. I love it, like, wait a minute now. <laughs> Well, I didn't know it was a scary movie. I thought it was a thriller. After that point, once she started taking pictures of him sleep, after they had first had sex, I said, oh. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but she was a little cray-cray. But I feel like in all these rom-coms, the main character is always court crazy, but they call it quirky. Yeah. So I feel like that's just kind of like a staple when it comes to these rom-coms. They got to make her crazy. But they made her cray-cray. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you got into her development and started to see why she act like that yeah. i started to she started to become relatable because it, there are a lot of women who are just like that you want to be in love so bad and you really believe in like true love and you just want to be in a relationship and every man you meet you're like oh my god he's the one he's the one he's the one they're so i have friends like that so you know she became relatable so it's like she looked crazy at first once you get past it and you start to like really think about who she is and why she acts the way she does she's a very relatable character which i liked yeah um i think nani's really relatable as yeah. well there there are people like that who like i ain't i don't really shit i'm just trying to fuck, you know what i'm saying like there's people who live their lives like that mm-hmm. um and they're okay with it and i like how they made it to where she was like it was she wasn't doing that out of a traumatic experience or something bad happened to me so that's why i'm cutting my heart off and i just want to you know have sex and not love anybody it was just because she liked it like she just like yeah. live her life like that because yeah. she was a bad bitch like yeah. i really enjoyed that narrative like that was good narrative because usually when you see characters like that they be trying to give them a real traumatic ass backstory like oh she was about to get married and then she caught him with her sister or some bullshit like that mm-hmm. as to why a person won't get into a relationship but nani was just a bad bitch and they kept emphasizing that and i really enjoyed it yeah. so yeah um yeah and then longa but boy central boy I mean, like he just, his character was a good i would say he was the antagonist he was a good antagonist mm-hmm. yeah as to where you didn't see it come like you kind of saw it coming but then you did it in a way yeah. like he almost made you believe like he was on some real shit right. um like fuck boys do so mm-hmm. he played his role to the T. It was a good character, and it was a good character to kind of uh, challenge the main character yep. and kind of get her to look at her life differently. Um, yeah, I enjoyed all the characters. I really thought everyone was delightful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like, was just delightful. Yeah, they were lots of fun. And I also, yeah, Lunga, I was like, oh, what a fuck boy. You know, we were just talking about, like, damn, it's international. Like, they just all over the place. And then... Um, <laughs> my god and then i really liked max who was really pursuing uh, so max 
was pursuing Nani. Oh, the the manager at the at the bar. Yes, yes. So once she ended up with, oh, he was yeah. nice. He was nice. Yeah. yeah, he was he was nice, and I, I I felt like his chemistry. He was like, nah, I like you, girl. Like you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm not creepy though, <laughs> but I'm just gonna keep pursuing. <laughs> I'm gonna keep coming, you know. So I thought that was like that was cute, and like he kind of. You know, he kind of triggered her in a way when he said, like, in the past that he cheated and she, like, kicked him out the room. She was like, get the fuck up out of here. I was like, yeah, damn. But, you know, she found a way to, like, try and get him, like, back after she realized, like, she kind of judged a bit too harshly um, in the situation. But, you know, I really related to her in that moment because, you know, the saying, once a cheater, always a cheater. But it's like, it's like, it's more complex than that. You know what I mean? And for some yeah, people, it's not black know, or white. Exactly. So, you know, I was like, okay, I think they did they did a good job with that. Um, yeah, Nani again, hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Danae also had some funny moments as well. It was a montage. She yeah, she had like these montages of her going on these crazy dates that <laughs> her face. I was like, okay, yeah, like I see the the uh, the reaction you did. That's the same face I would do. Well done. Yes, I'm out. I'm nice. out here. Um, so yeah, so it was fun to see how they kind of like all of the characters did a great job of interplaying with each other. I think a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Lunga could have had a little bit more work. I feel like it just felt like mm-hmm. it was just like yeah, I'm a fuckboy, and now I'm deciding to marry you. It's just like oh, okay. Um, just a little bit more, but I mean, he played a fuckboy very well. I mean, how mm-hmm. much more? What more do you want? So yeah, the characters, the acting overall, they did very well. Again, I think the some of the parts that were over dramatic, I think, does point to the writing in a lot of the international, like, I guess realms. But I mean, honestly, there's a lot of stuff in the United States that's dramatic as fuck. So yeah, so I probably it's more so to the sort of the rom com. Uh, genre of it all mm-hmm. but overall yeah i think the actors did a really good job we were, like as we were saying we want to see uh Tumi, who plays nani in more stuff like she was in all the things honestly. yeah she was she was really 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 good and super funny so yeah i, I really i really yeah. the characters yeah yeah i really yeah characters are great development was it was good enough for a rom-com i mean it was not like a character-driven rom-com i think i think it's more plot-driven Mm-hmm. rom-com but um yeah great job with characters mm-hmm. everyone was differentiated um and had their own personalities another important thing so yep. that was good too yep. um Danielle's mom was also really funny yeah she was <laughs> she was a hot ass miss and i really loved the chemistry between Danielle's mom and nami yes or the- <laughs> They were just like, they hated the fuck out of each other. And I loved it. They played that so well. So yep. shout out to them too. That was a good scene. Yep. Um, in terms of plot, mm-hmm. like I said, it's very rom com plot. But I liked the difference, like I said before, is that it's not about loving somebody else. It's about falling in love with yourself. So, um, I mean, I'm not sure it's not the first rom-com of that kind. It may be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a much needed rom-com story. So, you know, they're kind of flipping this rom-com genre on his head, Mm -hmm. you know, because these rom-coms are all about like finding that person, finding that person and making that so important to where at one point rom-coms are like coming out heavy, heavy, heavy. And people are so obsessed Mm -hmm. with finding a relationship like that because they thought that's how how life was. Mm -hmm. But life is really about loving yourself first. And then that person will come into your life. And even then, it's not, they're not, they shouldn't be your entire life. So right. I like that this rom-com was, it was more, yeah, it was more focused on self, which is a great, great message. So kudos to them for making that kind of the plot um, yes. that, that brought it all home for me. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, I was going to say stuff about the plot, but at the end of the day, they, they ended it well. And it, the message overall was great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the plot, um, because it was, I think the movie was like, what, an hour and like 47, 40? Mm-hmm. Almost two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they did a good job of like covering the span of the story, beginning, middle, and end. You know what I mean? Like, we mm-hmm. saw where she was in her first breakup before she met 
uh, Lunga. And when I say she, I mean Deneo. And we see kind of like, at, you know, where she, you know, has her job at risk at one point. We see where she mm -hmm. like goes on these dates. So it was really a full, full, like breadth of the story, which I appreciated. And we kind of mm -hmm. saw the growth throughout the whole thing. I really liked that a lot. Also, like, again, I can't speak enough of, of Nani. One of my favorite parts is when um, Deneo went to, so Deneo finds out that uh, Lunga is actually married, he's engaged. And so she's crashing this man's wedding and there's a dramatic moment where he's about he like he, he sounds like he's about to say he messed up but they sneak into the wedding and he says like basically this woman in front of him is the love of his life and he you know all this stuff and she drops a tray behind her and then the timing was so good nani came in because the best she dropped it she's like yeah i quit too Goddamn, i'm i'm i'm, I'm out of here i was like i was dying i was like oh my god what a writer <laughs> I was like, yes, where did they go your feet? Because I'd have been, I would have been, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been like, I'm gonna look out here. And she was like, I quit too. Take oh off. That was so embarrassing, saved, bro. She saved her friend for real because she looked, I was like, girl, I got all this attention on you now. But I was like, oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. And can I just point out how Danae has so many embarrassing moments. Oh, yeah. Like, I ain't never yes. seen so many embarrassing moments. She got dumped twice. They brought shit to her job. Got it that. started off the first five minutes with her embarrassing the fuck out of herself. She put herself on live thinking she about to get a gift. And it's her boyfriend dropping her shit off because he's breaking up with her. Like, oh, fuck up. So, drop her shit off at work. Oh, my God. I was like, damn. Like, y'all so savage over there in South Africa. Okay. So, yeah, she had a lot of embarrassing moments. Like, that was one of them when she dropped that damn tray at the wedding. I said, oh, my gosh. Because all the eyes on her, my ass would have just fainted. I would have fainted. But, yeah, she had a lot of embarrassing moments, which made me, like, connect to her character more, I think. Yeah. And maybe that's they included that in the plot for that reason. Because, yeah, to show her growth, too. I think they wanted to, like, show like the plot was to show throughout the movie that she was a hot ass fucking mess yeah. so they included like they started off showing her embarrassing herself and then just all these different moments where she did the whole live taking her wig off she was drunk like yo oh that was God. funny that was great <laughs> I was like yo that was like I said girl <laughs> you a mess and a half a mess and a half desperate bae they were like yeah we know you desperate bae yeah <laughs> so Throughout the plot, they included a lot of really, like, truly embarrassing, not just normal embarrassing, like, humiliating uh, moments for her. So I think to show her progression in the end. So I think that's why they did that. Because I was, like, so cringe. I was cringing at some shit that she had went through. I said, oh, my gosh, girl. Like, literally watching like this, like, holding my hand to my head. Like, oh, God. So I think that was a good way to, like, show her arc or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. I, I, although I wish, like, some of her decisions felt super rash. Like, going back to what you were saying, mm -hmm. where, you know, we thought she was stalking the dude. We were like, girl, it was supposed to be a one-night stand. What are we doing? Like, why are you, like, like, I don't know. And then showing up at his house because you have the key, like... That she wasn't supposed to have. In a maid outfit. Like, I just wanted to cook for you. It's like, I don't know you. What are you doing <laughs> in my home? what i was like oof mm -mm. yeah that's why i was like this is a, this might be a scary movie y'all <laughs> yeah it was that it was not. <laughs> yes thank goodness so yeah she was doing a lot of stuff that like crossed a lot of boundaries and it was just like girl man come on now like, come on back we're gonna reel you back but <laughs> overall i really it made her i think you're right the clumsy moments and the embarrassing moments made her more endearing because mm -hmm. she was crossing the line way too much. I was like, yeah, come on now. It's, it's too much. So, yeah. It's, yeah. As soon as she started taking a picture while he was asleep, I said, what the fuck? No, no ma'am. Girl, so you crazy, crazy. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I like that Nani called her out because I'm like, I was really thinking like okay this is how they get down in South Africa. Like, this is what they do. But then Nani called her out. So I was like, okay, so it's clear that she's crazy. Like, other people can see that she's being a stalker. Okay, so it's not just me that thinks she's insane. Okay. Because I was thinking that's how people date these days. I was like, okay, I must be missing something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Mr. Memo Child. Okay, so dialogue. What do you think about dialogue? Yeah, I thought the dialogue was pretty good. Like it was, there were definitely funny moments in the dialogue. I also love how they uh, went in and out of the uh, South African dialect. So oh yes, that I was it. that was really cool and like you know just you know a nod to where they are. Um, mm -hmm. And this has nothing to do with the dialect, but also it was just good to see like. Africa looks so fucking beautiful and rich. Quite right. frankly, I was like, this bitch in right. South Africa. I was like, come on with this downtown. Come on with this lucrative life. I mean, more of this. Like, representation completely matters. And I think a lot of times, every time we see, you know, the continent of Africa, it's the Lion King um, or some like, you know. Starving kids or something. Right, starving kids. You know, it's only a sad dictator movie or you know, or like or diamond or something. Right. I'm like, well, kind of like, damn. But this was like a fun, like they were, everyone was affluent. Everyone was on their hustle. Everyone looked amazing. Everyone like was on their grind. Beautiful. Like it was beautiful. So, yeah. um, had nice apartments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, child, I was like, what is the real estate market in South Africa? Let me look at yo, Is this Johannesburg? Girl, I was thinking, you're going to me a little something down there. <laughs> I'm like, I need to expand myself. Like, come on now. Like, let me, let me go ahead. Okay. I'm thinking the same thing. Just <laughs> real estate in South Africa. Stop fucking around in these damn states. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I know that has nothing to do. Um, what were we talking Dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I really like, yeah, again, they went in and out of their dialect. Everyone looked really good. Um, the jokes landed. I think the the jokes they did a good job um, the, with the jokes and again Tumi who played Nani Nate really brought them out and each actor did I think a really good job to bring out their character with the dialogue mm -hmm. so yeah there were some you know there were some decisions that were very dramatic to me I was like okay that's not gonna happen but it's a rom com you know it's dramatic and it plays it plays up the um, comedy of it all so I think overall they did a good job with the dialogue. Next. So yeah, I agree. I think dialogue was great. I really loved too how they went in and out of their um, natural language. I think that's cool too. Um, just to see that. I think that's important for a lot of international movies that are trying to break into like a US market to do yeah. that. Just yeah. to like have a nod to your home, your home yeah. town, yeah. you know, your home state, your home stomping ground. So mm -hmm. I thought that was cool too. Um, I do think that all the jokes landed, but I think that wasn't part of just um, the comedic timing of the actors. They did yeah. they did what they had to do. Mm -hmm. They came in there and did goddamn things. So, mm -hmm. um, but it had to be written that way, right? So for them to kind of have an idea. So the writing was good in terms of dialogue, and I'm trying to think if anything seemed like clunky. No, things seemed natural. I think. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Like there was chemistry between the different the different uh actors. So it's kinda it, it almost made it seem like did y'all know each other before this? How big is like the, the market over there? Yeah. Um, maybe they, they did. All, yeah. Mm -hmm. They seemed like they all kind of knew each other. Like there was just a natural chemistry between everybody with the dialogue and stuff like that. I'm trying to think anything no, I mean there was no nothing that stood out like dialogue, dialogue, anything that I yeah. feel like I need to talk about. Um, yeah. It was just, it was funny as hell. Yeah, it was I funny. Was put in. So there was good enough, like, moments or funny moments written in at each each point in time, like, each scene. So I think, like, in a sitcom, they say you have to have, like, a couple jokes a page or something. So with this, they, they did a due diligence of having a couple funny moments or jokes with each, you know, scene or whatever, so... Mm -hmm. It was just funny throughout. I don't think there was ever a moment where it got like hecka hecka serious. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is always one moment in a rom com where it gets serious. So, mm -hmm. but it was it was pretty funny mm -hmm. throughout. Um, that's good. Mm -hmm. And then um, pacing. What do you think about pacing? Because it was a bit of a long little movie. Yeah. I don't know how much rom coms run. How long they run these days? But yeah, almost yeah. two hours. Yeah, almost two hours. It. I think the pacing was okay. I think it could have been shortened just a little bit, but um, I think again we got the full like breadth of the journey of the main character. So I think with that, that helped with 
uh, showing the character's arc and how they change, how she changed um, throughout the whole thing, kind of like this sort of, okay, I'm obsessing about this guy and then going all the way to, you know, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna focus on myself. And like the character, I mean, I felt like the journey was very like relatable, right? So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. You find out, you know, yes, you broke up with one guy, and then another guy turned out to be an asshole. You're like, you know what? Fuck dating. And then you're, you know, you're self, you know, you're feeling sorry for yourself. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to get back in the game. I'm going to go date again. You know, there's always that back and forth, especially when it comes with uh, romantic comedies. And also going back to a person that you're yeah. familiar with. You know what I mean? That's very all the time. All the time. So I think they did a good job of allowing that full arc, that full breadth of like how people kind of relate in different relationships at different points or in the same whole fucking relationship, you know? So yeah, I, I think the pacing was good. It could have been a little bit shorter, but I think they did a good job of like portraying the full arc of the character and what they went through and understanding their their sort of love journey. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that... Um... Oh, geez. I think that um, they did a good job with that, too, because it is like it is almost two hours, but it was, I think it was a warranted two hours, like you said, because they really took us on this whole journey of Nani and um, how she was um, moving about her life and trying to figure shit out. So they really had to kind of take us through beginning, middle, and end of how she got her shit together and figured out how to love herself. So I think it was definitely warranted. I mean, I'm sure there was maybe a scene or two that could be cut out, but if it was left, I'm sure it was for like some reason or for some kind of comedic relief or something. So yeah, I definitely think the pacing was good. I mean, it kept me interested the whole time, which is important. To me, that means pacing is good because my ass would be Think about Ooh. something else. Yeah. If you let me, if you pace it, if you let me, I'm be gone. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think that it was good in terms of that. Ooh, boy. And That's Ernie over there. <laughs> Ernie, just, Ernie. You already got a lip laid. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, Mason was good for that in terms of like keeping, keeping us interested and keeping us caring about what's going on. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And overall, yeah, I think, again, the movie was really good. Like, I think people should definitely yeah. watch it. And yeah, I, I, I'm fitting the movie South Africa. I'll tell you that much. I'm fitting to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so definitely go check it out, y'all. It's called Seriously Single on Netflix. Um, it is mostly in English, but like I said, sometimes they go between their own native tongues, so you don't have to have subtitles. So it's not, like, if you're like me, like, damn, I gotta read subtitles. Just know that it's not that, even though it's an international movie. Give it a give it a little whirl. I mean, it's a fun little, fun little journey. Um, like I said, if you're into rom-coms, definitely check it out, if, even if you're not definitely check it out and still support so seriously single on netflix yeah go do it and with that we're gonna get into our last segment um and if y'all don't know what it is it's called niggas you should know and this is where we highlight um who has next right whether they're directors screenwriters actors you know dps um whoever's behind the scenes like you know writer producers anyone who we think that you should look out for um doing their thing in the industry and we're just you know we just salute them we give them their flowers so um i'm gonna stick with our theme in terms of the movie review um i'm going to uh say the niggas you should know this week are the directors the sibling um the sibling directors that directed seriously single um cat low and reth uh excuse me Ramatha Kella, Ramatha Kella, oh Lord, Ramatha Kella. That's how I'm gonna say it. Forgive me so much, but they're amazing. They are siblings, um, and they went ahead and they directed um, seriously single. Um, initially, took uh, familiar, you know, presenting um, the glossy Johannesburg, um, you know. Uh, 
backdrop of Seriously Single. And I think they did a great job of putting Johannesburg and showing it in a really beautiful light and through the stories, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, the brother and sister duo, you know, they've been actually in the game for a while in South Africa. They've done um, through acting um, and producing and they came together and they went ahead and directed this. And I, I can't wait for more to come. So again, like check them out. Um, I want more. Give Netflix, give them more things. Hulu, give them things. Prime, whatever, all the things. Like, let them tell their stories. They did a great job of portraying these characters. Yeah, and I love to see a brother and sister scene. Like, fuck up the game. Like, why not? You know. So yeah, yeah why, why not? Yep, yep, yep. Jeez. <laughs> so I'm gonna try it again. Cat Leho and uh, Retha Retha uh, Ramathaki. Ramatha Kayla. And they are the niggas you should know. Go ahead, Corey. All right, so mine is the beautiful Tumi Marake that we have been raving about. She played Nami in the film. Mm -hmm. She's a South African comedic, comedic, comedian, actress, (laughs) TV personality, and writer. And Mm -hmm. she definitely um, showed her comedian spot with this movie because, like we said, she was hilarious from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, Just naturally funny as hell. So in 2018, she became the first African woman to have her own set on Netflix. Okay, show the fuck out. I'm watching. Didn't know that. I'm going to watch. Okay, I'm going to find that shit. Mm -hmm. She is also known to be the first woman to host Comedy Central Presents in Africa. Okay, first. She just already been killing the game. We need much to know. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. So she, um, Started, so she joined the comedy industry in two, 2005. So she's been putting in that work, okay? 15 years of work. Um, she used to perform regular stand-up gigs in Johannesburg and Pretoria. And she's performed at numerous comedy festivals. Not going to name all of them because it's quite a few. My girl been getting it. And she has hosted shows including Our Perfect Wedding, Red Cake, and What the Fuck to Me, which is her own talk show. So... <laughs> We're scared of sis, and um, yeah, I am excited to see what she got going on because she was hilarious, and, and she's shown that she's very talented. And definitely gonna watch that stand up. We'll yes. let y'all know what it's called. Yes. Um, what her stand up on Netflix is called, and we're just really excited to see where she goes because awesome. she is a motherfucking star. That's she all. She's great. She's great. Genius. Yeah. All right, so with that, that's the end of the show, everybody. You know, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Tinseltown mm-hmm. Tea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell us what you think of the movie. Um, you know, if there's anything else that we should review for next time. And yeah, continue to write, continue to stay as uh, productive as possible. Give yourself a break. It's crazy out in these streets, but we're going to get through it together hopefully wash your hands wear a mask my god please still um yeah and that's it and yeah we love y'all we do y'all like everything you just said just do what you need to do and wash some hands y'all because child it's out here and watch seriously single on netflix hey bye y'all